Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, KD and the Nets mount a monster comeback against the Knicks. Are they primed to wreak havoc in the play-in? Plus, LeBron James wasted no time getting back into the headlines. He said what about wanting to play with who? That sounds shortly. And Rudy Gobert states his case for DPOY live on NBA Today. We'll ask him all about the Jazz. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, joined alongside Matt Barnes, Shanae Agumake, and Mr. Vince Carter himself is joining us as well. So we're in L.A., but I want to start today in a New York state of mind. Okay. Did y'all see what happened with the Crosstown oh, rivalry yeah. last night? Let's take a look. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in Madison Square Garden facing off against the Knicks. They trailed by as many as 21 points in the third quarter. So let's pick it up there. The Nets still have a quite the deficit. Oh, Kevin Durant, all right, he cuts it down to 10 with a three. And once again, Kevin Durant feeds it ahead to Kyrie Irving. You know he can Too make that tonight. Too much space there again as well. Like, what are you, what are you doing, baby? What is you doing? <laughs> well, and then Kyrie steals the ball here, feeds it up to Kevin Durant, throws it down with authority. Ooh, Kevin Durant is up. fired up after that play. Let's take another look, <laughs> yeah. today. Look at this. I mean, we got a dunk. They're coming back. They it's said it was playoff a playoff time. time. And it's playoffs. Hey, the best part about this whole night was Stephen A. Smith at halftime. He, big facts. He just knew what was coming. Three people on him, <laughs> mid-range right. is automatic. Absolutely. He said, I know it's a double-digit I mean, look at that defense six. draped on him, and then again, gets to his kill spot, the elbow. Absolutely. What? And now, it was a tie game. The Nets oh, take a two-point lead. Tom Thibodeau does not like that. Once Ooh. again, Kyrie Irving fakes, kicks it out to oh. KD. Oh. Can't quite get it, but the Knicks can't secure the rebound. Another chance for the Nets, and Kyrie buries it. Patty Mills He'll be big gets it up. Like he always is. Absolutely. And, and just piling it on New York. And that was sense. the end. Kyrie Irving waving at the Madison Square Garden crowd saying, sorry, you thought you had this one. Here's KD and Kyrie in the locker room after the game. So you were saying it was like the playoffs. I mean, this is a regular season late game. They were trailing by 21, and that's the way that they turn up in the locker room after. So my question to the panel, I guess starting with you, Matt, is what can the Nets do defensively to get through this play, and particularly since we know they'll be without Ben Simmons? Uh, just play. Uh, this team, when they're uh, when, when Katie and Kyrie play together, they're at a, a 109 defensive rating, which would be seventh in the NBA. Mm. Offensively, they're at a 121, uh, which would make them number one offensively mm. net rating. So when these guys are on the court together, they're a dynamic duo. 
And uh, I don't think they worry about the playing, like Katie said. And I think whoever's one and two are really going to have to worry about these nets because they're starting to get hot at the right time. Ooh, understatement. And, you know, you mentioned the defense, and I guess we'll start there before I tag team on the backside with the offense. Defensively, you'll need KD, KD to be that rim protector. Right. Like, if he's active, if he's mobile, if he's snatching rebounds, if he's out on the perimeter switching, that's the best-case scenario for him because you need him on both ends. And automatically, you know, offensively, we all know what this duo is. They lead the NBA, and I know it's Kyrie only playing 27 games so far. But, you know, they lead the NBA with 57 seven points, uh, five points per game, and they're the best scoring duo out there. The, the missing link is defense, and so we saw them play, and you heard it. Playoff games slow down. Also, they show your bag offensively, but defensively, you have to be able to stop and, you know, secure possessions. They were able to do that coming out of that huge deficit. That's the type of effort that's necessary, not only just play in the play in, but also to maintain in the play off. Right, but the bet that they're making, right, Vince, is that they're just going to overload teams with their offense and they need to just have a okay defense in the playoffs in order to make it through but we know I, I can only think of one team off the top of my head the 2001 Lakers who finished outside the top 10 in defense and still went on to win it what do you think Vince well I'm, I'm not expecting them to be top 10 defensively but I think their focus needs to be defense we know they can score offensively you guys Matt Shanae you, you gave all the numbers offensively that's understood, but you're going to have to be able to stop somebody defensively. You can have big scoring nights, to, in my opinion, to play in because it's it's just win and move forward. But their focus needs to be defend so we can get the seventh spot. The reason I say the seventh spot because you have two opportunities mm. at home to get one win instead of having the eighth spot where you have one opportunity at home and one on the road, or of course ninth and tenth. You have two wins. In 10th, you have two wins on the road. So you don't want to be in that position because you're going to have to defend. Yes, they can go outscore somebody, but you want to, you want the formula now in the play-in tournament to get in when, when you get into the playoffs because when you get into the playoff, either the 7th or 8th seed, who are you going to see? The one or Some scores, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, out of the East. You, you know what I'm saying? So at least you can simplify your defense, get rid of all the exotic, tricky defensive stuff right now, go back to the basics, go to simplify it, Make sure everybody's on the same page, and then you go from there because offensively, you guys already said it, so I don't even need to say that. That's understood. <laughs> yeah, that, that, what, what is understood don't need to be said, Matt. Defensively, they're going to need a Absolutely. big playoff showing by Andre Drummond, mm. Marcus Aldridge, and Blake yes. Griffin out there taking charges yes. and getting rebounds. Uh, in the last 30 yes. years, the top scoring duos in the league were Kobe and Shaq in 01 at 59.9, Kobe and Shaq in 03 at 59.1, and then Braun and Kyrie in 17 at 59.7. I feel like these two, their average is going to have to probably make a new NBA record. I think they're going to need they're to be around They're at 57 like, right now. Yeah, I think they're going to need to up that. I think they're going to need to be around like, right Warriors duos okay. are Yeah, okay. I think they're going to need to be around 65 or 67 combined, which would be a new NBA record because for this team. Like right, because of, the, the, because of this team to really make a run. These guys have to be a hit on all cylinders. And if there's two stars that can do it, it's these two. Absolutely. Well, Vince touched on it, right? When right. we start to talk about seeding and jockeying, the seventh seed is where they want to be because you only have to win one game in that 7-8 matchup, number one. But number two, if, if you're the winner of that, 
you also can have some sort of advantage, maybe a little bit more rest, all that other stuff. So how much does seeding matter for the Nets? Should they want to face a specific top team? Because as you mentioned, they're all pretty good, Shanae. Honestly, if I'm the Nets, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, we heard it a couple days ago from Kevin Durant. It's like, shoot, let just give me the ball. Right. Just tip the ball and <laughs> let's go. We don't care who our opponent is. And I think that's the best quality of championship teams. When you focus so much on like, oh, we have to go up against this player or that player or this team or that team, you end up not focusing on yourself, which is the number one thing that you need to bring, your A game. And so if I'm Milwaukee, if I'm Boston, um, if I'm the Heat, mm. I'm looking at them like, oh, snap. They seem like they're figuring <laughs> right. out their defense is no longer deficient. It's now starting to look sufficient. Yep. Their offense has always been there. So if I'm them, yeah, stay in that eight spot, win one game, get to the playoffs, and then, yeah, we can beat anybody because these guys know that they've won championships before. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they just want a shot. And I think, really, the writing was on the wall when Kyrie was able to play at home. Mm. Once they got Kyrie at home, they're like, it doesn't so matter who we play against. It doesn't matter who we play against. We're in the playoffs, and we know we're capable of winning games there. Versus the Celtics, they were 1-3 and three this year. Quick question, though. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I was go gonna ahead. say go versus ahead, the Celtics, they were running three. Kyrie and KD played in one of those games. They lost by six in the game they played. Versus the Heat, they were one and three. The one game that Kyrie and KD played, they won by 15. Mm. So again, this team, again, when those two are together, hitting on all cylinders, they're gonna need their big guys to just protect that paint, and these guys can be dangerous. What's your question, Vince? And my, my only question, to, so Matt, you kind of hit on it there. It's like. You know, I, I, but we said if they could possibly get the seventh seed, so you're, you're thinking who? Maybe Philly or something? Well, they're going to have to have somebody to stop the ball, <laughs> to stop MB, hey, and, and, and stop yeah. uh, Harden's ability to get into the paint. But if you get someone like the AC, you get Miami, they have scores, but not as dynamic because they play as a team. There's a bad opportunity. So I'm not saying, you know, Shanae, like you said, you just want to get in, but those are the things. We say, yeah, they want to get to 7C. Well, the 7C puts you at a team where there are dynamic scores on that side, and they're going to have to defend, like Matt said. And then if you get the 8C, then you get a Miami Heat where right. you can play more team defense. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm just saying, just I'm just those throwing those two, things out. Hey, those two coaches are worried about KD and Kyrie more than the other guys. Everyone about the should other be ball. worried right. about KD and Kyrie. All right, let's go from the bottom Facts. to the top. The Celtics, they didn't just take on the shorthanded Bulls last night. Did you see this? They utterly dismantled mm. them. 117 to 94. Mm. Winners right for their 50th victory of the season. Jalen Brown scored 25 points in this one. Al Horford added 17 on a perfect 7 okay. of 7 shooting. The C's have won three in a row okay. in our He's going to be 27 and 6 since January 22nd. And they can clinch the two seed in the East with a win at Milwaukee tonight, which is a tall task. But Vince, starting with you, are these Celtics the biggest threat to the Bucks in the East? And that's another one. Yeah, they are a threat. I mean, and, and if they could get Al Horford to play this way with Jalen Brown and Tatum, play, doing what they're doing offensively and then defensively, obviously you need Williams back. But you have guard play. Their guard play is, is you know, they're playing, they're, they're confident bunch. And Giannis is a tough guy to stop one-on-one. But the good, great thing about it, you can throw different style of defenders at them to, to hopefully slow them out. I, I had the, the Bucks just a couple of days ago. It's uh -oh. not many people that's going to scare no. the Bucks right now <laughs> because they're focused. The Bucks focus right now. What do you think, Janae? 
I agree. If I'm the Bucks, I'm like, all right, we played the season exactly how we want it. We got our star center back just at the right time. Yeah. All of our pieces, our big three is balling. They're finding different ways to win. I'm not necessarily looking at the rest saying, like, I'm worried. Not even Brooklyn because nope. they beat them last year in the postseason. I think the, the question mark, you know, if we separate Brooklyn and the Bucks, it, it's the Celtics. And I think, you know, having this young core of Tatum and Brown, you wonder, all right, is this year where they get over the hump? It really feels like it could be this year. Uh, losing Williams is a blow. But the reality is that this squad, it seems like they found their identity, which is trusting each other on both ends. Primarily, you're seeing that defensively. But Tatum has just unleashed himself so much so that we're like, where do we put him? First team All-NBA, second team All-NBA. In, in the MVP voting? In the MVP voting. And I, I have him second team, but like that's not a slight. That's just like, hey, good job for turning things around the season. I think the Celtics team, yeah, if we look... just saying everybody else is good, too. <laughs> precisely. I have the Celtics as a team that definitely can be a threat to make it to the finals, you know, the Eastern Conference. Conference finals, but I do think that the Bucks are in a class of their own so far this season. I would be crazy and throw it all in if Robert Williams was still playing. Ooh, that hard. Think that's how good this team has been playing since Ooh. the turn of the year. And you guys have to remember, Vince, you know, when we were in Orlando with Dwight Howard, we played a lot better, oh, violation, 10 push-ups. We played <laughs> a lot better man-to-man -man defense when we knew what, we had our security blanket, Dwight, who was going to erase any of our mistakes. Right. Robert Williams right. is so big on that back line for this team that I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome him. And I've also had a meniscus tear going into the playoffs and trying to play in the first round against Dallas when I was with the Lakers and I just wasn't myself so I'm not really sure what he's going to be able to give him when uh, when they get back but if he was there because he's such a presence on the defensive end then he's also a dynamic role yeah. that Perkins like to talk about where he's putting so much yes. pressure on the rim that you have to respect that tag Absolutely. and you get your loops and you get your cuts and all that kind of stuff when he dives to the basket so I love Boston shadow Ime Udoka he should definitely yes. be in the running for coach of the year but I just don't know if they're going to be able to overcome the absent that void that Robert Williams will have who was arguably in running for defensive player of the year absolutely and speaking of defensive yes. player of the year, next on NBA Today, Rudy Gobert joins us live. Go why he thinks he's the DPOY, and he gives us the 411 on his relationship with Donovan Mitchell. LeBron always picks Steph during the All-Star game, but now he's picking him elsewhere too. We'll explain in just a little bit. It's very interesting. Plus, Vince Carter takes us to the upper room, the best dunks of the week, Where but there can does. only be one <laughs> enshrined and crowned. All coming up on NBA Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is brought to you by Hulu's original series, Woke. All new season streaming April 8th, only on Hulu. People love to take shots at me for no reason. I just do my job, come in every night, and uh, keep getting wins. Provoque 
The Jazz, they took on the Thunder last night, a 137-101 beatdown thanks to big nights from Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovic. Gobert had 20 points and 10 boards, and Bogey added 27. Rudy's defensive presence stifled a hapless Thunder squad, a helpless Thunder squad that couldn't get it going at all last night. So the Jazz win their fifth straight at home. So Rudy has a strong case to win his fourth Defensive Player of the Year award. And when he's on the court, the Jazz defensive efficiency is seven points better than when he's not playing. That would rank first in the NBA this season. And we now welcome in the star center of the Utah Jazz, Mr. Rudy Gobert himself. So, Rudy, several players are currently jockeying and vying for the coveted DPOY Defensive Player of the Year award. Why should you be the one to walk away with the hardware yet again? You know, it's uh, there's a lot of great defenders in this league, and as they should, you know, they, they, it's great that a lot of guys want to win this award. But I think it should, should just be about impact. Mm. You know, who is having the most impact for their respective teams? And uh, you know, uh, over the years, uh, I've been trying to uh, every time I step on the court translate what I do into wins and into you know impacting my team in a positive way defensively and. Uh, this year again, you know, we're back and uh, not as good as last year collectively, but still a very good defensive team. And uh, and when you look at the numbers, they don't lie. I mean, they speak for themselves. Yeah, the numbers, they never lie. You, you've won the award, though, three times out of the last four years. So do you think that makes it tougher that you have to set the bar even higher to win it again? I mean, for sure, for sure. And it's uh, it's kind of human nature to when someone does the same thing over and over and over every year and is really being consistent doing it, you can uh, take that for granted. And, and I kind of knew it was coming, but mm. this year I really felt like people are kind of like, okay, uh, Rudy is doing this, but let's let's see what other guys are doing. And, uh, you know, let's, let's stop looking at the numbers, stop looking at the impact, and then uh, find the more exciting narratives out there. And I don't really blame them, but uh, it's a little unfair, but it's, it's, it's human nature. So maybe not the most exciting narrative, but do you feel that you're the most mm -hmm. exciting defender in the NBA right now? I mean, most exciting, I don't know. I mean, I'm not <laughs> the most, maybe not the most fun to watch for sure, but uh, once again, I mean, uh, uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Mm. And it's all about, you know, it's all about what you do every single night for your team. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of highlights you can show. There's a lot of narratives you can you can put out there. But at the end of the day, uh, the, 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 the data speaks for itself. And if anybody else not named Rudy Gobert was doing uh, and have, doing what I do this year and having the impact that I have this year, they would be the front runner and mm. it would be clear. So why not? Why, why not? You know, uh, if I'm being consistent, why, why should I be penalized for being consistent year after year? Yeah. How do you say I'm the defensive player of the year in French? Uh, je suis le défenseur de l'année. Oh, there it is. All right. Speaking of hardware, you and Jazz Nation obviously would love to hoist Larry O'Brien up, right? What, what makes you confident that this team can finally get over the hump and reach your postseason goals this year? And we've been through a lot of adversity this year. And uh, last year was kind of a different year when we kind of cruised into the season and we were first and everything was doing great. And then we faced the adversity during the playoffs and it was kind of hard for us to to overcome that. And this year we I mean, it was a tough year for us. 
obviously still a, still a great year. We we possibly could win, could end up the season with 50 wins, which is pretty good. But uh, more adversity, more injuries. We had a uh, COVID. I mean, I was out for COVID uh, for a few weeks, for for a week. Uh, injuries and uh, a lot of different lineups. You know, uh, we lost Joe during the season, yeah. which was he was a big part of what we were doing. And uh, yeah, we feel like you know now it's uh, it can only go up and. Uh, we're really excited to obviously be being in the playoffs for the fifth straight year and uh, sixth straight year, sorry. And uh, now our goal is to win a championship. Mm. And uh, we know we have the talent. Now it's it's all about going out there and uh, be consistent and, and and just believe, just believe in ourselves because we do have the weapons that we need to to. Uh, to accomplish that. Absolutely. And Rudy, I really appreciate you hanging with us today. Something that I feel we have to dive into, especially because your head coach addressed it last night publicly, this supposed divide between you and your teammate Donovan Mitchell. Quinn began to clarify that chatter last night, but that sort of has been bolstered by the stat that he passes to you only three times per game. But I just want to give you the floor, clear up any speculation. What are your thoughts? One of my thoughts, there's, there's always going to be noise. Mm. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of teams and a lot of people that would love for us to to, to to break apart. They would love to get a Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell in their team. And uh, there's a lot of bigger market too that would love to, to get that. And uh, we, we're aware of that. And and we know that everything that happens within our team on the court, of the floor of the court is gonna be is being looked at with a with a very with a big scope and, and people are looking for anything they can find to just try to divide us and then uh you know for us after we've, what we've been through over the last few years and the covid situation and everything you know we we both aware of that and, and we both you know uh we both know that it's something that's not gonna stop and uh we gotta mute that noise and uh we both have the same goal is to win a championship here and um and we're gonna embrace the moment and you're still committed to to doing that here and now for sure, for sure. I mean, we, we're here for a reason. Yeah. And then easy to look at the past, look at the future and what if, what that. But at the end of the day, we have an opportunity today. And uh, I think for us, the most important thing to do is to, to embrace that. And, uh, you know, and, and when the season is over, the season is over. It's the NBA. No one plays, uh, nobody plays together for, for 20 years. You mm. know, it's, we know it's a business and we know how it works. But uh, for us, it's, it's really the, 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 the point is that supporting each other is the key and uh, be there for one another and it's never going to be perfect there's no there's no team in the nba when it's perfect yeah you know, it's the nba but when we share the same goal and then uh, we we support each other that's uh that's huge rudy before i let you go you're, you're such a fan of the game i know you watch a lot of basketball the mvp race it's so tight do you have someone who sticks out in your mind i mean this year there's the there's a few guys that I uh, had amazing years. Obviously, uh, three guys come to mind: uh, Nikola Jokic, Joel, and then uh, and Giannis. Mm. I think uh, once again, when you look at the impact, you know, when you look at the, the the name of the award is the most valuable player. So, who has been the most valuable for their team? And I think um, if I had to vote, I would vote for for Jokic. Mm. You know, I think he he was the most impactful for his team, but. You know, uh, those guys all had amazing years. And uh, I mean, Yanis, Joel, and even a lot of other guys. I mean, uh, the level of, uh, of talent and display that they, they came up with this year was 
uh, really impressive. Absolutely. Rudy, thank you so much. Best of luck both in the Defensive Player thank of the you. Year race and also in the postseason. Merci beaucoup, and we will be seeing you very soon. Thank you. All right, so staying in Utah, in March, the Utah legislature voted to override the governor's veto of HB 11, a controversial bill that bars girls who are transgender from participating in school sports matching their gender identity. So the NBA All-Star Game is slated to be held in Salt Lake in 2023. And on Wednesday, Adam Silver held a press conference at the Board of Governors meeting and was asked about how this legislation affects the All-Star Game. There was no discussion over the past two days about moving the All-Star Game from Salt Lake City, and we do not anticipate moving the game. Um, I'm watching these bills um, throughout the country and in those states where we have teams that are operating, we're working directly with those teams. In this case, um, you know, Ryan Smith, the principal governor of the team and the Utah Jazz have come out against that legislation. But we find that, and in our conversation with Ryan, we think we can create an inclusive environment for our All-Star Game in Salt Lake City that will be welcoming for, for all our guests and for diverse community of Utah as well. In 2017, remember, the NBA moved the All-Star Game out of Charlotte in response to HB2, the, the bathroom bill, which barred trans people from using bathrooms in accordance with their gender identities. And at the time, the NBA said a successful All-Star event couldn't be held in a climate where a bill like HB2 could be passed. At a climate of discrimination, it exists in Utah today, in Florida, in Arizona, and in a time where the word inclusion is thrown around a whole lot, there's no greater place than sports where everybody should belong. So no matter a person's race, who they love, or their gender identity, they belong in sports. We will be right back. So then I popped out and did it again and did it again and did it again. I cannot respect them with diddies again. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. All right, so let's go coast to coast on Wednesday's action. And we're going to start with the Hawks. They beat the Wizards behind 30 from Trey Young. And Atlanta is tied with Brooklyn for the eighth seed, but the Nets own the tiebreaker. Chanae, are the Hawks the most likely team to come out of the play-in? Look, the Hawks are really hot right now. You have to put credit on Trey Young. I mean, this guy should be an all-NBA teamer. Uh, he's number two in total points so far this season, just mm. a few behind DeMar DeRozan. The Hawks have won seven of the last nine, put some respect on their name, and more importantly, his as well. Ooh, a whole word from Chanae. All right, Luka and the Mavs. They beat the Pistons and now have won seven of nine. Dallas is just a half game behind the Warriors for third in the West. So, Matt, is this the year that Luka wins a playoff series? Ooh, that's a tough <laughs> question. I love what Luka's been able to do. I, I think everyone thought Porzingis was going to be the guy who was his Robin. He doesn't have a Robin yet, but I love what he's doing. They got rid of the Robin. He said, Ugh. All right, next up, the Clippers held on to defeat the Suns 113-109. The Suns, they're shorthanded, but they sat most of their stars. Norman Powell returned to act 
action for the Clippers. Scored a game-high 24 points after being out for two months. And then after the game, Om Young Masuk sat down with Norm Powell, and he had some interesting comments about he his Clippers. He said the firepower on this team reminds you a little bit of that Toronto championship team. How so? Um, like we just have so many uh, weapons in every position. Um, our bench, uh, we have versatile guys um, that can, can do a lot. Um, we have the guys that are needed uh, for switching lineups, uh, for doing different things. Um, and you know, as you can tell, like, we've done a great job all year with battling the injuries and still, you know, staying the team that's uh, uh, able to make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's a testament to the team and testament to, to T. Lou and how he gets the guys ready and prepared every night. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for what we can do in the playoffs. I definitely think um, teams are definitely going to have to worry about us, just how deep our, our, our team is. All right, thank you, Ohm, and thank you to Norm Powell. All right, we're back here with the entire squad, plus Brian Windhorst is joining us. So I am curious, Shanae, starting with you, how dangerous could this group be in the first round? So dangerous. Like, and I know I sound extra because I'm always extra, but this Clippers <laughs> squad is so exciting. And I know we're talking about, you know, the play-in and the playoffs, but next year, guess what? We're going to be sitting here and talking about championship Talk based on them. what they're building. Talk that foundation and Norm is a huge key. Mind you, like, we all know who PG and Kawhi are, and we know that their talents will be as a duo on display next year. Right now, Norm Powell, what was it, 23 points in 24 minutes or 24 points in 23 minutes? You get this. You get what I'm saying? They're picking up pieces that are crucial pieces, veteran pieces that know how to play the game, play the game the right way. Mm. Also, let's talk about Ty Lue, uh being coach of the mm, year, potentially. Mm, mm. They have a foundation of coaching, of players, of development, and then now they're starting to get healthy. They're going to make some noise in the play-in slash playoffs, but next year, I think we're going to start talking about potential championships. Absolutely. Ty, Ty Lue should be looked at as a potential coach of the year candidate, but I think because his team's so low, he won't get it. But next year, he'll definitely be in that conversation. And I agree again. Next year, this is a top three or four team. Uh, with, without this team being fully loaded, though, I think they would be dangerous if they didn't play Phoenix. Hmm. If it was another team, I just feel like Phoenix is hitting on all cylinders right now. They have a chip on their shoulder. Right. They got a taste of it. They want all of it now. So they're going to go back out there, uh, you know, on a mission, I think the Clippers can get a game or two, but if a fully loaded Clippers team next year is going to be a problem. All right, let's stick in Los Angeles. Yesterday, I said we wouldn't be talking about the Lakers, but I lied. Uh, LeBron made Lies. headlines by going on the shop and saying that the one other player he would love to play with one day would be Steph Curry. So, yeah, arguably the greatest individual rival he's had in his entire illustrious career. Here's Steph reacting to those comments from the shop. <laughs> You hear what your boy said? Who my boy? Take a listen. Who else you want to play with? Um, in today's game, <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry's the one that I want to play with. Oh, shoot. The chef. <laughs> you know what? Hey, he might want to play with you next weekend now. That is phenomenal. <laughs> when did he say that? Was that on the shop? Yeah. I guess the latest one, like, yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> well, he got it. We, we got his wish. So he's the captain. He's picked me the last two uh, All-Star games. So I don't know if that suffices, but I'm good right now. Steph's like my contract extension doesn't mm, even kick in till next year, I'm and good right I don't now. think that that's uh, Brian. <laughs> you've covered LeBron since Saint Mary, Saint Vincent, Ma Saint Mary's, and the first reaction that you had upon hearing that was what? Okay, before I answer this question, Malika, <laughs> we have to understand that he is just saying this in hanging out with his buddies and the yes. show was not recorded yesterday. I realize it came out the day after they were eliminated, so we have that. I don't want to make too many waves about what I'm about to say. 
Yes, he loves playing with Steph Curry, and for some or for some reason, before last season, he dropped his rivalry with Steph and started praising him up and down. That reason, I think, was because that Steph was potentially going to be a free agent, but he re-signed with, with Golden State, and so it's moot. The player that LeBron talked about in that answer, which we didn't have, LeBron. that got my eyebrow up a little bit, was Luka. He mm. praised Luka as well. Mm -hmm. And that is a different conversation. Steph is talking about being picked the last two years by uh, LeBron as a captain. Luka has been picked the last three years. Every time he's been in the All-Star game, LeBron's picked him for his team. LeBron tried to get him to come over within his brand at Nike, although he ended up over at Jordan. He has a great affinity for Luka Doncic. He has a great affinity for Dallas Mavericks coach Jason Kidd. He has a great affinity for Dallas Mavericks assistant, uh, Dallas Mavericks assistant coaches Jared Dudley. So, I don't think LeBron's going anywhere. I think he's going to be a Laker next year. But if you're looking to for me to extrapolate something from that, just joking conversation, I was way more interested in him mentioning Luka than Curry. Right, because Steph is locked in and they would literally need to trade away their whole team and just, they're, they're, it, it doesn't make sense. Point blank, period. Vince, what did you think of all of this? Hey, Wendy, uh, also to add to that uh, Dallas Mavericks unit, uh, Nico Harrison, who is the GM, used to be a part of the Nike family as well, obviously dealing with LeBron and those as well. But, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear uh, you know, him talk about it. And I was just glad to hear Steph kind of nip that in the bud immediately. I know, like, like Wendy said, it's just talk. Um, but uh, he has a lot of other things. And I think he's just doing that to, to, to deflect everything. I mean, he's like you said, he's sitting in, the, in his barbershop having a com conversation. I, I mean, I have a chance to think about it all day. It's you just, look a little like worked say, up over talk, this, Vince. You know, it, 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 ain't, it, ain't, it ain't happening. Not <laughs> right you know, now. You know, that's, it's that's just, it's I'm just. Saying. I mean... He can, he, he's just throwing stuff on the wall just because he has to talk. That's just sad. I put it on my hood. I'm yeah. good. It's fun. You, because All they right. just got put out. <laughs> So Wendy. now you're going to still talk about the Lakers with yeah. this. See, it's all good. Wendy, thank you so much for coming to hang with us. All right, still to come on NBA Today, Vince Carter previews Vince's places where he'll revisit the monstrous throwdown on Alonzo Morning. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today, but we have to talk about what aired last night. Vince, tell us about your new series, Vince's Places. Oh, man, look, first of all, shout out to Peyton Manning for the opportunity. He reached out to me and said, hey, I got a cool concept here that he wants to carry on and continue. So we came up with Vince's Places, and it's basically going to take you a look into basketball history, not just the NBA, but basketball history. Mm. Uh, you're going to see some, you're going to be educated. Uh, there's some funny stuff in there. They got me doing some crazy stuff. Ooh. And for the for the hoop heads and the basketball aficionados, 
You're going to be today years old when you learn some of the stuff about the history of basketball. Well, we have a clip of that show, of your show, that our producers were talking about all morning. Uh -oh. Vince, this is you and Alonzo Morning breaking down one of your most famous uh -huh. dunks. All right, Peyton, let me introduce you to the Welcome Back Carters. This is my squad, the uh, Jump Mannings. Uh, by the way, are these players or jockeys, and how many are there? Well, in 1891, it was 18 players, huh. according to the rules. Everybody was 5-7 or below. What was the score of the original game? One to nothing. This is the kind of basketball I was built for. Slow, crowded, shooter, and all about passing. Ooh. I think they uh, ran the wrong clip, but I'm hooked. I, 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 I don't even know what that was, and I'm like, <laughs> I am in. So explore the expansive world of basketball through Vince Carter's eyes on Vince's Places, streaming now exclusively on ESPN+. Shakira Austin getting it done. Melissa Smith continuing to pour it on. Ryan Howard, she can't miss. The 2022 WNBA draft will take place at the Spring Studios in New York Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN and will return to an in-person event for the first time since 2019. So to get you all caught up on all the latest, we have to bring in a UConn legend, WNBA women's college basketball analyst, Rebecca Lobo. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So. There was a huge trade yesterday as the Mystics traded the number one overall pick to the Atlanta Dream for the number three and number 14 pick. So who are the top players the Dream is considering for this top pick? Well, all season long, we've been talking about the top two players that are in contention to go number one. And we'll start with Ryan Howard, the, the multi-skilled guard from, uh, from Kentucky. She mm. is 6'2", has a great frame. She is has the talents of a WNBA player already. She can play one through four, defend those spots. She's incredible in the pick and roll, can create her own shot, can create space, but also really good vision and delivery when she's creating for others. And then you have Nalissa Smith for Baylor. This is a player with incredible energy. 6'4", great motor, gets out in transition, pursues rebounds. She averaged uh, over 10 rebounds per game this Ooh. season. So those are the top two that you would think uh, Atlanta is considering and then the Mystics right they moved down to number three do you see them taking Ole Miss center Shakira Austin to pair with Elena Deladon here I would be very surprised if Washington didn't take uh, Shakira Austin this is another player who has a great frame she is 6'5 and long and has the skills of a WNBA player she has to refine a little bit but Washington is the perfect place to do that she can come in and be impactful but she doesn't have to be a go-to right away because of the other players they have on their roster. She is long, 15 points, nine rebounds a game a season ago, a really explosive player who can attack. I'm excited to see her with Mystics, if that indeed is what happens. And when we're talking about the draft, we're always looking at the sleepers, the players who maybe are going to go a little bit above where they're projected. Which players improve their draft stock the most in the NCAA tournament? 
I think two players in particular really improved their stock. And we'll start with Emily Engsler, the, the wing who played for Louisville. She uh, is so disruptive on the defensive end of the floor, probably the most disruptive player in women's college basketball defensively last season. She gets out and gets it done. And then for South Carolina, Destiny Henderson, she had her career high in terms of points in the national championship game. She showed what she can do offensively in terms of her decision-making and ability to hit from the perimeter also was able to do a great job defensively on Paige Beckers. Those two players in particular, the last month of the college season, improved their stock. Mm, Rebecca, before I let you go, Chinea Gumake wanted me to ask you a question. She wanted to know what's the one biggest storyline that you're interested in this upcoming WNBA season? She probably thought I was going to talk about L.A., but I'm going to talk about <laughs> Chicago. We Dang haven't it, we seen won't a tell WNBA. <laughs> we haven't seen a WNBA team repeat as champions since L.A., in 2001-2002. So I'm eager to see, can Chicago repeat? They are returning their core pieces that led them to a championship a season ago. They added Emma Mieseman in the free agency period. Eager to see what they can do, if they can make a run at a back-to-back. -back. Let's see what Candace Parker and the squad is up to. Rebecca, thank you so much. We will see you Monday night at the WNBA Draft. Thanks, Malika. Still to come on NBA Today, the segment we've all been waiting for, the best dunker in the history of the universe, takes us to the upper room. The greatest dunker in the history of this league, in Vince Carter. Welcome to the upper room. I pick who's oh. going to take it to the upper room. Like, bro, did he really try to jump with me? I did this my rookie year, too. I'm oh! Ugh. I tell you what, put him on the ground. We call that a body bag. May he rest in peace. Look at that view right about there. Some people levitate. It's levels to this person. He makes it look so easy. Security guard, please open that velvet rope. Bang. Vince Carter is back for another installment of everyone's favorite dunk segment. Vince, where are we going? The upper... The upper room, baby. All right, so the way we do this, for those who are new at home, are brand new, we all present one dunk. And at the very end, Vince crowns the winner and immortalizes them forever in the very exclusive upper room. All right, let's get it. Vince, you're up first. What do you got? All right, first and foremost, I'm going to go to this young man by the name of Anthony Edwards. Okay. Roll the tape. Anthony Edwards has been flying throughout the league. Ooh. And oh. last night, look at this. That is called levitation. It's like he's frozen that's walking air. in the through, like That's walking through the air. Look My at this, just floating. Goodness. Hey, people know not to jump okay, with I'm, him no more. Look at it, right, right mm -hmm. about here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's, hey, that's my kind of guy there. Yeah. Matt, you know that. Mm -hmm. I, I like people who, when he jumps, you get out the way. Right. Okay, so that, that's one to consider. I would like to humbly offer Lonnie Walker for your consideration, Vince Carter. Please roll the tape. Mm. My okay. goodness. Hey, I mean, do you see man. where he took off from? Yeah, and he's been low-key low key dunking on people and just taking off. Like, yeah. I mean, look at that. Hey, he me. has I'll dunks where hit. he ends up turning it over into finger rolls that still have people like Oh, that's good. The jelly. Yeah. Yes. I mean. Right. Good point. Incredible. All right, Matt, who are you offering? VC, I'm going to nominate a youngster. We played against his dad. I've had the opportunity to watch this kid since he was in yes. high school. And you know all about hitting somebody and going to that next Ooh. level. Look how high Ooh. he gets up. Hopefully, they'll give me the next angle. When his head is over the rim, he could have He could have tapped Whoa. it with his chin. Very impressive by the young fellow. There he yeah, is. He, ah, the monster oh, himself. Yes. 
Look at that. Oh my Look gosh, the extension. Look at that. Okay, uh, Vince, we always talk about bottle service for those in the upper room. So my nominee is baby bottle service because he's the Warriors rookie. But my <laughs> goodness, he got grown man bounce. Look at this double clutch. Oh, double clutch oh, look at backwards. That. What do you think, Vince? I, I, I love it. Like, I, 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 was, I was one for, for dunking backwards. A lot of people don't like to dunk backwards. And look at this. Like, he... Impressive. He had to duck the head a little bit, if you noticed that, just to dunk the ball. All right. Zero for for double clutch. So, so those are the, the folks up for consideration. Vince Carter, who is going to the upper room? Real quick, Vince. Oh, wow. I talked to Kmart Jr. Jr., he said he's got a dunk of the year if you pick him today. Oh, wow. Last lobbying. The over. Oh, I still got to go with Anthony Edwards. And I, oh, here's why I say, I still just want to say Anthony Edwards. But man, going to pick his guy. <laughs> but I go up. So, so security, please open the road for my guy, Anthony Edwards. Welcome, sir, to the upper uh, room. Bottle tough. service is served and yeah. anything else you need in the room we got for you. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, Anthony Edwards. I mean, this guy is just walking on air. It just kind of reminds me oh, of uh, this. This is an opportunity right. for you to say you it know. reminds you of you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying it. I'm just saying, so it just reminded me of something, a, a dunk that I did. And I, when I saw it, I was like, ooh, I remember I did that at Minnesota. You've done every kind uh, of yeah. dunk. He did it times. Minnesota. You did that every, in junior high. Yeah, every dunk you've done. All right, well, That's Anthony true. Edwards, congratulations. Welcome to the upper room. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, more sound from Commissioner Adam Silver, who addressed the issue of too much player rest. How can that be fixed? We're back in 60 seconds. Sunday is the final day of the NBA regular season and we'll have the big matchup KD Kyrie and the Nets when they take on the Pacers at 330 Eastern 1230 Pacific on ESPN and the app the Nets they're locked into the play in tournament but are chasing Cleveland for the seventh seed it all gets started with NBA countdown at 3 Eastern noon Pacific so here's tonight's clinching scenarios a pair of teams can clinch their division the Jazz and the Celtics and the Heat they can clinch the top spot in the East with losses by both Boston and Philly. All right, so switching from what's happening on the court to players not suiting up at all. All right, during a Wednesday press conference at the Board of Governors meeting, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said that he and the league plan to take a look at, quote, a trend of star players not participating in a full complement of games. So, Matt, I'll start with you. What should the league do? about players not playing in the full slate of games here. It's just different. You know, Vince can contest to this. You know, when we played, it was a badge of honor to yes. play all 82 games plus right into the playoffs. But we just live in a different area, and we nice. have to respect that. I don't think uh, load management is going anywhere. Mm. My suggestion would possibly be keeping the season the same length, but maybe taking 10 to 12 games off. So there's a little bit more rest in between days because these guys are playing at a different pace and doing a lot of different stuff, and their bodies do get beat up. Real quick here, uh, Vince, what if you added some sort of incentives for hitting a certain number of games played, monetary incentives. But it, the problem is going to be convincing the medical staffs of, of these teams because they're looking at the, the load, the load, mm -hmm. and that's that's been the thing, that's been the pushback because it's it's the medical staff who are looking at their their efficiency and say, hey, we got to pull them back. And one thing about this MVP discussion is that you know they want these awards and that's an incentive for them. So that's why we're seeing the stars play towards the end. So maybe creating those incentives where guys feel like they're going to win something by completing an entire season. It's going to be a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think adding an in-season right. tournament or better rehabilitation for injury, an in-season tournament, we already know how players have said they feel about that. So this is tricky, but Rest. it's something that the league needs to figure out. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We we will see you all tomorrow, even though it feels kind of like it's a Friday, huh? It does. We will see you then on NBA Today.